Welcome to the Spreaker Live Show, episode 23 on September 2nd. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker. The show is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern, and you can uh, you can get it. Uh, you can get all the old episodes uh, or the more recent episodes at uh, SpreakerLiveShow.com, and it's also in iTunes and Stitcher and all of the normal places, and please leave a review. And we have a, uh, a blog that you can go to, too, blog.spreaker.com, with some uh, great content uh, to help you become a better podcaster and content creator. Uh, send questions and comments to me at uh, rob at spreaker.com, or if you just want to send them to Spreaker, just in general, send them to podcast at spreaker.com. And if you want to send us a tweet, you can do that as well, at Spreaker, and using the hashtag Spreaker Live. So, and if you have a tech support question, if you happen to be a Spreaker user, uh, send that uh, email to support at spreaker.com and we'll be happy to help you. We have some new articles that we have in our blog at blog.spreaker.com and the first couple I'm just going to mention here is how to build a mobile app dedicated to your podcast. So if you have a, a show that's on Spreaker, you can get your own mobile app for iOS and Android. And then also another article in there is play with the new fader that's now available in the Spreaker Studio for the Android tablet. So uh, that's similar to what I'm doing here. I'm I'm streaming live through the Spreaker Studio app, and uh, we have a new fader capability to fade in and out of the audio and the the volume. Um, so go check that out. There, there's articles about both of those topics um, on our blog. And also go catch last week's show, the Speaker Live Show 22 with Colin Gray, who's the uh, the podcast host. It's at thepodcasthost.com. He's a, he's a podcast consultant and gave a lot of great tips on um, um, getting equipment and mixers and microphones and things like that. And we just talked about what's happening with podcasting um, overseas as well. So... I have a, a great guest on the show this week. I, he's a longtime podcaster. He started back in about the same time I started doing podcasting. His name is Chris Christensen, and uh, he's on the Skype line right now. He's a very longtime podcaster, host of the Amateur Traveler podcast. It's also part of the Adore Network that's part of Spreaker at adore.fm, but he has a website at amateurtraveler.com. He's award-winning audio and video travel podcaster and that that really focuses on this key question where should you go and what should you see do and eat which is uh basically what you do when you travel i think um the the podcast has won some awards it's a one of the awards is the travel and leisure smitty award uh, as the best uh, travel journalist and also won an award from the society of american travel writers it's the the lowell thomas award and he also co-hosts a weekly podcast called The Week in Travel. And, uh, and, and not to say that he hasn't done enough here, but uh, he's also created a, uh, a service website called bloggerbridge.com that connects bloggers and content creators with businesses worldwide. And he's uh, spent many years working with technology startups in Silicon Valley as the director of engineering for Travel Advisor and the EVP of uh, Live World, which uh, did, I guess, a lot of events for large media companies and big corporations. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks. Just uh, two corrections. One is it's This Week in Travel, um, this? not The Week in Travel. Did and, I say this? Oh, I did say it wrong. You're right. And then I uh, actually <laughs> was a director of engineering, uh, a, a director of engineering as at uh, TripAdvisor was the other one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought it. Anyway, so... Uh, 
I appreciate the, the correction on that because we want to get working it. Working on some things for TripAdvisor when you called. So uh, Oh, you were? Okay. Contract work for them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, so, Chris, what, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about where you grew up, and th- then we can kind of um, talk talk a little bit about how you got into podcasting. So where are you from, and kind of what what's a little brief background on you? Sure. Well, I was born in Ohio, but I really grew up in California. I don't really remember the Midwest. I moved out here to California when I was three and a half and have yeah. lived here ever since, except for five years when I went to school in upstate New York. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Well, uh, college there. Oh, okay. And I am assuming that you got a degree in computer science or something I like that? I have uh, two degrees in computer and systems engineering from uh, from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, you were part of that uh, early group of podcasters that uh, were on the, uh, what can I say, the the geek side? Uh, oh, the, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I got into it yeah. through uh, hearing podcasting through Leo Laporte and This Week in Tech. I was a listener of his, or a watcher of his TV show, and then when that got canceled and he went to podcasting, I went, what's podcasting? And fell in love with the media. I am, I am first of all, a podcast junkie. I am, oh, I think this morning I was about 24 hours behind in podcasts that I was listening to. As I was mentioning to you before we started recording, I just was listening to your Saturday show because I'm a few days behind. But I listened to about 90 podcasts. So Wow. So, Leo, I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think that you have lots of time to probably listen to podcasts all the traveling that you do. So. Well, I I don't travel all that much. I mean, I tra- well, I travel a lot for a normal person. I travel probably between work and uh, travel for the show, or travel because of opportunities that come through uh, being a now I guess a travel journalist, uh, which comes as a great surprise to me. Um, between all that, I probably traveled about a quarter of the year last year, or third of the year, somewhere in that range. Well, that's a whole lot more than I do. I think. Uh... Well, the problem is, yeah. see, I'm always talking to people who are potential or are permanent nomads. So to me, it doesn't seem like I travel that much at all. So, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So, speaking of that, so how did you get involved in in podcasting, and what kind of uh, as far as the the current show that you're doing, the Amateur Traveler Show? So, how did you get pulled into getting involved in podcasting and travel? Sure. Well, as I say, podcasting came through through Leo, and so yeah. I started as a listener. Yeah. And when I you know, got the itch to do my own show, as many of us did, who started at that time. I thought about doing a tech show. I'm I'm a, more of a Mac guy than than you are, Rob. So, but you know, Adam Christensen, my brother from another mother, was already doing the um, the Mac cast, and so I thought, oh well, that's already that's already covered. Like like you couldn't have two shows on that. And, you know, thought about a couple of things. Thought about a, a religious show. In fact, I do one and have done one for about eight years, but. We had some friends over, and we had a picnic on Memorial Day, and all the best stories were travel stories. And at that point, it's like, I know what I want to do. I want to, I want to tell travel stories. And at first, I thought, <laughs> this is the not having a good plan, we'll talk about my travel stories. Uh, the only problem with that is I was trying to do about 48 shows a year. I give myself four weeks off, you know, cut myself some slack, but... I was fully employed. You know, I had maybe three, four weeks vacation. So I was traveling three to four weeks a year and uh, podcasting 48 weeks a year. And the math does not work in terms of travel stories. I was going to run out uh, long before I got to. So it turned relatively quickly. Within the first six months, I started interviewing some people 
just to get more content and found I really enjoyed doing the interviews because I get to hear about other people's travels. And so we've talked about a lot of places I've never been. I mean, we've talked about places all over the world by now. Mm -hmm. But so over the years, did did you travel more, I would imagine, just based on doing doing more with the show, right? Yeah. One of the things that happened is over the last, especially the last five years I've been doing this show, I've had more and more opportunities to travel through the show. And, Two years ago, I quit my full-time job and have been supporting myself with contracting and with with BloggerBridge, as you mentioned. And so that also gave me more of an opportunity to say yes when I was (laughs) invited to travel to places. So, yeah. So I've done just this year, as we were talking about before the show, I'll probably get to five new countries. uh, Sorry, five. I've already been to five. uh, Nine to ten new countries this year. And I was on five continents between February and May. So that's... More travel than I used to do, but I'm still, you know, someone with a house and a mortgage and a wife who's got a limited amount of vacations. So I'm not a full time nomad by any means, nor nor do I have that goal. <laughs> so the other thing that's kind of kind of you know unique about your your background in the podcast area is that you played around in the audio and video side. So what's been your experience? If you most podcasters today are just doing audio, but uh, what's been your experience with the whole video side of doing this? Has it been something that you've seen the gravitation moving more towards trying to publish it on YouTube, or have you found some success in doing it in some unique way as a video podcast? Well, I do. I was going to say two video podcasts, one and a half video podcasts. I'm not sure how to count it. I'll tell you what I do. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. um, I do three or four different podcasts total. So Amateur Traveler Audio, Mm -hmm. Amateur Traveler Video, which is not at all the same. It's it's only from my travels, and it's short-form video content. That one doesn't come out all that often because it's, you know, heavily heavy editing, and it takes more work to do those shows. So that's the one that's the least often show that I produce. And then I do two um, – I do a religious show, which I mentioned, uh, the Bible Study Podcast. I do Amateur Traveler, which are just video uh, – just video, just audio, mm-hmm. although Amateur Traveler is an iTunes-enhanced show. So it does have pictures in one version of it that you can see what it is we're talking about. And then This Week in Travel, we started as a strictly audio show and then switched to do a Google Hangout so that it the show starts as a video show getting broadcast live and then going out to YouTube automatically as a video hangout on the air. Mm. But that is still predominantly an audio show, both in the sense that it's talking heads, and so you don't really need the video most of the time, and also in terms of our audience. Our audience is mm-hmm. 90 to 95% audio consumption, I'd say. So I I don't really – I do some video, but I am not – that is not my strength. That is not the place we have seen the most interest. And you know, the, you and I have – both know the reason for that is there are limited amounts of time during the day where you can consume video. Yeah. And so audio does have that real big advantage is that you can watch in the car, at the gym, while walking the dog. And mm-hmm. and that's what most of my listeners write and say, you know, you you save me from my boring job sorting mail at the post office or I, you know, I've had I remember one time I was on Buzz Out Loud on uh, back when that was on CNET, and it was on a I guess a Wednesday or something like that. One of my readers said it confused me terribly when I heard your voice because you're my Monday, 
<laughs> it's like, what? Well, you're my Monday commute, uh, basically, you know, because the show always comes out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a, a very strict schedule that on Monday he'd listen to Amateur Traveler, or on Tuesday, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think people really get kind of uh, disciplined and structured with their – you know, with their podcast consumption and certain shows come out certain days of the week and they, they look forward to that mm-hmm. and they, they make sure they have it synchronized just before they, they leave the house to listen to it in the car or something like that. I mean, I think people are really, if they really have passion for a show, they'll, they'll tune in, especially if it's audio. And I think you're exactly right. It's, um, audio can be consumed in a lot more places. But I was going to play. First, that used to be a lot harder when you had to synchronize to your iPod yeah, and things right. like that way back in the day when you didn't have your smartphone. Yeah, and now you just hit play. Easier. You just yeah. click the button play. But I was going to play a, a little clip from one of your more recent episodes just for our listeners to get a get a flavor of what your show looks like. It's only about two minutes long, so it just will give you um, the listener to this kind of a a feel for what Chris produces every week. So I'm going to play that right now. I got my bags back. Amateur Traveler, episode 479. Today, the Amateur Traveler talks about hiking in the countryside of Japan. We'll hear about mountains and rice paddies, ryokans and castles made of wood, as we hike Japan's Nakasendo Trail. Welcome to the Amateur Traveler. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We'll hear more from our sponsor, who is Travel Smith, later on in the show. But first, let's talk about Japan. I'd like to welcome back to the show Dave Grunowetsky, who's come to talk to us about Japan. Dave, welcome back to the show. Hey, Chris. Great to be here. Dave has been on the show twice before, once talking about Iceland, which made my list of top shows that I remember for the last 10 years, and then also India, and I enjoyed that episode as well. So welcome back. You did a part of Japan that I did relatively recently, but you did it very different than I did. Yeah, I spent many years in the video game business, and I traveled to Japan often on business, mostly to Tokyo and Kyoto. So we went back this time purely in vacation mode and decided to try to get off the beaten path and out of the big cities and indulge our hiking uh, hobby at the same time. I get the impression that there is a hiking culture in Japan. Yeah, it's interesting. We did this trip in October of last year. And the weather was great, but we really ran into no hikers on the trail, except for one day we ran into a huge group of Japanese hikers going the other direction. So it was a great time of year. There just was nobody on the trails. But I think it's something that folks do. It's just that you have to quite often get out of the city to do it. Yeah, th- I mean, Chris, I think your show is really gets the point. It's fun to listen to, and I think it's... Uh, it uh, has some great topics talking about you know people that are that are traveling around the world and experience different places and and it sounded like a you know kind of like real world from the trail kind of kind of um, conversations which I think is really really helpful to people considering going to a different part of the world. Well, thanks. We have people who are definitely using it for their travel planning. Either my you know regular subscribers who are you know deciding to go to some place because they hear about a destination we talked about, or people I hear we did a show once with somebody who ran a small museum in Vienna talking about the city of Vienna, and he said you know we did the show and I think eight days later after we recorded it, 
two different groups walked into the museum and he said he was surprised they had downloaded the show and listened to it on the plane to figure out what to do while they were there. So yeah, we definitely get people using it for their trip planning. Yeah, I could, I, I can definitely see that. Um, what, what's, tell us a little bit about some of the, your most favorite places that you like to travel in the world. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there are some really, really one places that you just look forward to going to. Oh well, the the next place is always the place I really look forward to going oh, to. In, in okay. terms of places that I've really enjoyed, we just did a, we actually did an amateur traveler trip. Uh, we've done two trips now, yeah, to Africa, one to Egypt just before everything uh, went a little haywire there back in 2010. We did the first trip, and we just did the second one this spring. We took some time off while I worked for uh, TripAdvisor. I wasn't really supposed to do that. That was considered being a and competitive against my employer. But uh, we just did a second trip uh, this April to Morocco, to southern Morocco. Uh, got out into the the High Atlas Mountains and saw the cities of Ait Ben-Hadou and Essaouira that are UNESCO World Heritage Sites and were also recently used as backdrops for Game of Thrones, for those of you who oh. are fans of that podcast. They use some, they've used some great, beautiful spots in the world uh, for that show. And then got into the Sahara someplace so remote we ran into a Bedouin family. And when our guide mentioned we were from the U.S., they, the woman had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> really? She said, wow. uh, it's, it's the other side of the ocean. She went, okay, well, I've heard of the ocean. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. So, yeah. So I, I think other place, any place with history, Istanbul is amazing. Greece is amazing for me. Um, and then I've also enjoyed, I did get a chance to do sub-Saharan Africa once to uh, Tanzania, also just fascinating. So, and I understand you recently did some cruises, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one up to Alaska and, and, and things like that. And that's, I mean, so, so I'm sure when you go on the cruises, you get off the boat and you're able to explore on on land as well. So, so what was that experience like up in Alaska? <laughs> well, I d- we did two different cruises with a third one scheduled this year. And I'm not necessarily a huge cruise guy, although I enjoyed both of these. We did the the more traditional cruise, the Holland America cruise around Cape Horn from uh, from Buenos Aires to oh, Santiago, Chile. There you go. And so that's a more traditional cruise that people think of where you have your shore excursions and you're stopping in different cities on the way. And it was very nice, very fun. I mean, there's places of the coastline in Chile, especially, that are actually very similar to an Alaskan cruise mm-hmm. in the sense that you've got fjords and glaciers. You know, we saw six glaciers in an hour one point and that sort of thing. But then when you get off the Sure. When you get off into the cities, you're in South America. And so you have some interesting experiences. You know, Buenos Aires probably being one of the most uh, interesting along that. And then also Valparaiso in uh, Chile, beautiful, colorful city on the hillside there. But then the one we did in Alaska was quite different. It was an uncruise. And so instead of, you know, dressing for dinner, uh, there was no dressing for dinner. It's a small boat cruise, about 100 people on the boat. And once we left Juneau, where we sailed out of and back into, we didn't stop at, a, at another town or city the whole time. Uh, we were, wow. you know, stopping on the land, but we were doing things like bushwhacking, where you're going out where there are no trails and and hiking and pushing your way through the scrub brush or kayaking or that sort of thing. So quite quite a different experience, but a great fun experience. In fact, we we've booked another one. Th- that one was sponsored. We were brought on by Uncruise, but we've booked one on our dime to go down and swim with the whale sharks in Baja. Wow. 
That sounds impressive. Those those huge whale sharks are pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what what parts of the world have you not been to yet that you're looking forward I to? I have not been to Antarctica. Ah, okay. I've been on all the other continents, although I have quite a lot of exploring to do on, on all of them. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's one thing. It's a great big world. <laughs> Once you start traveling, oh, yeah. start keeping track of where you've been to. And I've been to 50 countries. I think I'll end the year at around 54 or 55. So have you been to Greenland? I have not been to Greenland. No, in fact, I haven't okay. been to most of west, uh, most of eastern Canada. I've been to somewhat to um, Ontario, but I think that's the only. No, I sorry, and I've been to Montreal and Quebec for one dinner, one night when I was in college. But uh, I still have a lot of exploring. Even even in the U.S., I've been to only forty five states. Uh, there's still five left to go. Yeah, those. Those two locations are probably ground zero for what's happening with, you know, glacial ice melt um, mm-hmm. and the whole controversy. I know President Obama was just up in Alaska talking about, uh, you know, how how glaciers are melting and, and that we need to take action around climate change more and more. And, and I'm sure if you take a visit well, down to Antarctica or some of these other places, you're going to get right in the middle of seeing the impacts of that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, although in terms of glacial ice melt, when you're in Alaska and you're in Glacier Bay, just to put it in perspective, Glacier Bay, a hundred years ago, maybe two hundred years ago, was there was no Glacier Bay. The whole thing, thing was, was glacier. Yeah. Um, so some of this is not related to you know modern things, as in the last fifty years and things like that. But uh, we, the world is getting warmer for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether we're causing it or not, yeah, I mean, the world is getting warmer. There's just no question about that. Yeah, and and it's causing, you know, weird things to happen to our weather. And, you know, sure, sure. what the cause of it is is probably, you know, that's that's a hotly debated topic um, out there today. But uh, but it's interesting. And I think it could, could impact, you know, sea levels and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it sure. could, yeah. could impact a lot of the most popular places in the world to, to travel to, I would imagine. But uh, – it, well, it's certainly going to p- impact the island nations are one of the big things that's going to impact because mm-hmm. places like, you know, in the Indian Ocean, some of the the spots there that are the biggest vacation spots are no more than 10 feet above sea level. And so, you know, go see the Seychelles now. So <laughs> Yeah, you never know. They'll be underwater. Well, yeah, exactly. There's whole states in the U.S. that could be underwater if Well, yeah, happens. Florida, yeah. you know, the tallest mountain is Space Mountain. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, Space Mountain, yeah. It seriously a, is. It, oh, yeah. That whole, that whole state is very flat. Yeah. So, um, so as you think about your kind of – your podcasting career, you're doing – doing the Amateur Traveler podcast. So what kind of goals do you have, you know, as far as going forward with um, the the podcast and the show and, and your kind of overall career? Is, I mean, what, what direction do you see it moving towards right now? You know, the funny thing with me versus some other podcasters, I don't necessarily need the show to change in a drastic way. I'm not trying to make my living from the show. Mm. Uh, we talked about this before we started yeah. recording that I do make money on the show. We've got sponsors, but I don't have sponsors every episode. And even if I had a sponsor every episode, it probably wouldn't make enough to pay a mortgage in Silicon Valley. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. But yeah. on the other hand, I'm already getting, because I do the show, so many interesting opportunities that, um, 
you know, many more in some ways than I can still take, even with timing being what it is now that I don't have a full-time job, just because you can only be gone so much and because they all happen at the same time. I, I don't know what, there seems to be some, some rule of nature that if you go on one trip, you get offered a different one at the same time. <laughs> of course. But, yeah, yeah, they're not perfectly you, spaced can you go out, to right? Well, yeah. I'm sorry, I'll already be in yeah, New Zealand. So. Chris, you just can't be in two places at once. Thing, I, that's yeah. the that's what you need to work on is creating clones of yourself, right? Right. So <laughs> I've got some, and I, you know, plan to keep doing the show, but I and I plan to do more uh, trips. That actually is was a lot of fun spending time with the listeners of the show, going someplace. Interesting, not just talking about it, was great fun. In fact, the show that we did afterwards on southern Morocco, I know someone was telling me last week that was his favorite show ever because we had, I think, nine different voices on the show talking about their experiences there. Mm -hmm. And so plan to continue to do some of that and, you know, hope to get more sponsors and those sort of things. But don't really have any big plans to change what we're doing. I'm, I'm enjoying what we're doing now and may you know, may add in another podcast if i can uh, i'm pitching to some of the destinations that i've worked with to do a white labeled podcast basically to bring the interview skills that i now have and the the editing skills and all of those sorts of things to their brand and so you know pot- potentially do for instance a a weekly show for just california for instance or just canada or something like that so i've got a, some discussions going on on underway there, but yeah, I don't know that I'm looking to do any great big things. And now we may run out of destinations for amateur <laughs> travel. We're having to start to cover some over again uh, because you know the last, for instance, we just recently did a show on New Orleans. Well, we've got 480 shows somewhere in that range, and the last time we had done a show on New Orleans was before Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. And that will be 10 years ago, I think this month or last month. So you know, it was time. <laughs> yeah. Well, City is not the same as it was 10 years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess there's only so many um, really, really hot spots that could could generate a lot of interest for the, the show itself, right? So, Well, see, but yeah. my, my, <laughs> my criteria is not that it generates a lot of interest in the listeners. I use the other thing, which is it has to generate interest in me, and then I'll find some listeners who like what I like. Ah, And that's really, you know, what we do is we do occasionally try and do shows that are targeted at Paris or targeted at Italy or some places like that that are obvious. But, for instance, our next shows, we just did a show on Santa Barbara. So, you know, not exotic, uh, but very interesting. I mean, great place to go. And then, but our next shows are Cameroon, and then hiking the uh, Camino de Santiago in northern Spain. And so we jump all over the place. We do everything as my uh, – one of my taglines is everything from when you go to Chicago, what should you put on your Chicago dog, to going to Tonga and swimming with whales. <laughs> there you go. That sounds great. <laughs> so you've done some some radio in the past or have you gotten involved in doing, doing any kind of TV Shows or things like that that run more on I broadcast. Did, no, I did a little, uh, a little announcing of college radio back in the day. Um, you know, back was when it was entirely steam driven <laughs> when I went to college. And then, as as you know, I was pitched this year doing a syndicated radio show. Uh, you know, basically mm-hmm. taking the amateur traveler or something like it or something like this. We can travel probably more like to 
mainstream radio and the syndicate pitched me 26 different networks or 20 different, sorry, 26 different stations to mm-hmm. start out with and did end up turning it down. I, I don't know if I told you that part of the story. No, I, I, don't I think so. reached out to, to Rob, for those of you who are listening, and said, you've done radio. Tell me about this. Yeah. And the problem is these days you have to, one, you have to buy the slot basically yep. and then sell your own ads. And I just realized at some point, was it, you know, I was going to picture myself on the phone all day selling ads. And even if I was successful, it wasn't going to be enough to make a living on full time. And it just wasn't how I want to spend my days. Mm-hmm. I still like technology too. So I make my living with technology. Yeah. And I, there's definitely a, a movement to try and pull podcasters into radio. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think up to this point, there's been a lot of interest in and radio talent going to podcasting, right? right? So I think we're coming into a phase here, and you're you're seeing. I think the the leading edge of it here is the interest on the part of the radio industry to tap into all this great talent and content that's in the podcasting space. Right. Part of my problem is I don't like radio. <laughs> I mean, obviously, well, you I probably like don't audio. listen to it much yourself, I don't, right? I don't yeah, know, unless it's a Giants baseball game. But <laughs> I, it's it's not that I don't like audio content, obviously. And you can do just as good audio content in radio as you can in a podcast, for sure. Yeah. But the twenty minutes out of the hour that's ads is is rather a lot, and it leads into. You know, a format which is a lot of short segment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and not in depth. Yep. And a lot of, especially a lot of travel radio, I find, I find boring, obviously, uh, because it's to make a living, you're letting, you're having people who are in travel PR pay you to be on talking about something that is, you know, okay, but not, not fascinating. Yeah. And they're, they're pr- probably trying to pitch some, some trip pitching. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we occasionally will have people on for PR, but I tell them before, you know, we say yes, that I'm going to ask you things like to pick your favorite restaurant. And you're going to have to tell me that this one is better than that one. Uh, you know, I, my guest in Santa Barbara said, you know, hey, there's a lot of restaurants on the wharf. And she said, most of them aren't any good because we won't really want the person who's traveling there to know that that one is the one that's worth going to and the others are really just for tourists. And that's that's a puts a PR person in a very difficult situation. You know, what warning would you give going there? Let's talk about crime, mm-hmm. uh, because every city has. You know, I, I get people on who are just in love with the destination, but still there are things that we have to bring up. You know, we were talking about Cameroon coming up. Well, we will be in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and Northern Cameroon. Our guest said I wouldn't recommend going there right now, but. You absolutely should go there. So listen to the news for when the State Department says, "Yeah, now it's now it's okay to go there again." Um, so it's it's kind of tough, and a lot of what's going on in travel radio just doesn't doesn't ring authentic to me. Yeah, and I think that that's the key thing here, and that's what's different about podcasting. And I think that the 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 whole radio industry really doesn't embrace this. Right, is the authenticity mm-hmm. of the content. Um, it's been so kind of PR marketing driven for so long that uh, it's it's a different mindset, and right. I think a lot of people in the space get a little uncomfortable with it because it's it's contrary to it may be some, saying something bad about an area to travel to, not pumping up as great wonderful place to go to, right? Right. Um, I mean, well, you still no place might, is perfect right. for everybody. I mean, that's yeah, the, the, exactly. the line you get from the PR person is it, it's perfect for everybody. Well, that's not true. 
Yeah, I mean, you still hand, might want to go. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely perfect yeah, for somebody. Sure. So partially it's identifying who it is perfect for. For instance, the first time I did a sponsored trip, I went to uh, Cozumel in Mexico. And I don't know if you know Cozumel. Mm-mm, no. But it is, in some ways, a very Americanized island off the coast of Cancun. Very, very safe. You know, I was hearing stories from people on the way in that, you know, they rented a car and they said, oh, yeah, it's parked over on Fifth Street. The keys are in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that sort of thing. But on the other hand, I when I was writing about the experience afterwards, I was comparing it with the trip to Mexico City. And Mexico City is, you know, a deep dive into the culture. And it's mm-hmm. just a little gritty and a little scary at times because it yeah. is an intimidating city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cozumel is less dive into the culture but very safe and very easy for Americans to go to. And as I wrote about that, I'm looking at that saying, I'd rather go to Mexico City. But I had people who read that article and went, you know, I never really thought about going to cause a multi-ridge article, but that, that sounds like a place for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a friend who was a single mother, you know, planning on traveling with her kid. And absolutely, if that's her first time to Mexico, Cozumel may be a really a better match for what she's looking for. And I think that's probably what we're trying to do is trying to get the right person to the right place where they're going to have a great time. Yeah, because I've done done a fair amount of traveling to to Europe and to countries um, and and you do need to have some some preparation um, Mm -hmm. in in how you think about those countries when you when you go there also you're going to get shocked. You know, (laughs) things are not always what you're used to, right? So it's definitely helpful to get some people that have been there before to give you some advice on how to navigate the, the culture and navigate the language and right. and kind of the, the, the overall kind of feel of it is too can be a, a little jarring from a culture perspective. At least that's been my experience in the past. The show you played a clip from, let's go later on to that. We talk about the, uh, the Rio Can culture and the onsen, a Rio Can being a small guest house in the countryside in Japan and an onsen being a hot springs, uh, powered bath usually that you'd find quite often in a Ryokan. Mm-hmm. And our guest started talking about the three different pairs of sandals that you have in your room and that you wear one of them around the Ryokan and then one you wear specifically to the bathroom and back and you don't wear those elsewhere. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been in a Ryokan. It's like, oh, okay, I, that was a faux pas on my part there. I didn't realize that that was what one of those pairs of sandals were for. And so it's those sort of things or knowing in Thailand to be very careful about what you say about the king because they're very sensitive to that. And, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you react in terms of don't pointing your feet at somebody? I mean, you would never know that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw your shoe at anybody. No. Well, throw your shoe. Uh, that one, I, I think my parents taught me that one. But but you're not supposed to sit pointing your feet at somebody because that's basically to curse them. Oh. And so those sort of things you you really have to be told. Or yeah. not to eat with your right hand in cultures. Uh, sorry, with your left hand in cultures that eat with their hands because that left hand is saved for uh, bathroom purposes. Oh. Uh, so places don't have toilet paper. And so, you know, you, you never shake hands with somebody with your left hand there or, or reach out that in any way uh, because it's a very right-handed culture from that point of view. And that's the sort of thing that it's useful to know if you're heading someplace like, well, we talked about that with the Cameroon show that's coming up, for instance. Yeah, and if you're left-handed, you're kind of, kind of, you're out, screwed, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of <laughs> out of luck there, aren't you? Well, 
and speaking about bathrooms, I mean, I had, you know, some experiences with that too. It's like, I mean, in various countries in Europe, you have to pay to get into the bathroom. You can't, oh, yeah, quite often. can't just walk in like you can in the U S right, right. and, and they, they don't give you unlimited amounts of toilet paper either. So no, you get square, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Here you go. Yeah. One and square. You get, yeah. You better have your change with you. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you get out in, you know, in a city like that, and you're walking around, and you have to go to the bathroom, and if you don't have to have, happen to have some change in your pocket, <laughs> right, you're in a you're in a tough spot. So, so to back up a little bit more to kind of the podcasting topic, I mean, so what have you learned here over the last, especially over the last couple of years, about how to build and grow a a, a show online these days? I mean, I would think with the the, the noise level that's out there now with so many people creating content, but is there little tricks or little things that you've learned that can, uh, are there little tricks? I, I'm sure there are, <laughs> but there aren't really, but, it's just create great content. Is that, the... yeah, great content on a regular basis is still the number one thing Yeah, in terms of, you know, you can do all you want with social media and that helps. You can, you know, do email newsletters and that helps. Um, the things that I have found, for instance, with, my show, I really target intentionally that I'm looking for a story that is good not just today or next week, but that is good five, six, seven years from now. Mm-hmm. And that means that you know the downloads for Amateur Traveler have great shelf life. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to get 50, 100 downloads a show as far as I can tell forever uh, in the sense that there's a lot of people who discover this show because they're, they're searching specifically for, you know, they're going into iTunes or someplace like that or to your program or whatever. And they're searching for, you know, Vienna travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more that you can remember what people, how people are discovering you, I think is, is generally useful because they aren't necessarily discovering you know, sometimes they're looking for best podcast, best travel podcast, best business podcast, or whatever. But they're sometimes looking for a specific answer, mm-hmm. um, and then if you have that answer, you've just you know can make a friend and and go on at that point. But yeah, I don't I don't know that I found a lot of uh, tricks. Good content is really the bottom line. Yeah. Well, here in the last couple minutes here, let's let's talk about your your blogger bridge project that you, that you sure, started yeah. out and what's going on with that and, and how can a, and a content provider get involved in that? Uh, well, content can providers can uh, just go to, to bloggerbridge.com and sign up for a free account. Uh, there's no charge for bloggers, content providers of any sort, videographers, photographers, uh, podcasters certainly, you know, can sign up uh, for free companies. We charge, uh, it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. John Dillinger, why do you rob banks? It's where the money is. Um, so we don't charge the bloggers, we charge or the podcasters, we charge the companies for uh, for contacting them. And uh, it's it's growing. It's growing slower than I would like, but uh, you know, I just set up here within uh, this week and next week. We got four new companies coming in and doing trials um, for the for the software. We're stronger in the travel space right now, so I'm mm-hmm. you know really li- loving to get people who are outside that space. Um, but that's also true with a lot of the companies we're attracting at this point too. Mm-hmm. So I've got two different, uh, uh, what would we'd call a DMO, a destination marketing organization or a tourism board who are doing trials here coming in the next couple weeks. Uh, plus another, uh, cruise line, a, a local cruise line, that, that is doing sightseeing cruises that's just started up today. So, so 
Blogger Bridges really takes uh, bloggers or folks that are out there creating mm-hmm. content and matches them up with distribution and and other companies. Is that how that works? Well, what we do is we're looking to connect with the companies who are looking for you, and so you know part of that is you fill out your profile. Uh, you can share with us your Google Analytics. You know, tag mm-hmm. tag yourself with I. I talk about travel. I talk about business. I talk about whatever, um, and then you know, here are my here are my social media. I'm strong in Twitter. I'm here's my Instagram, and we'll keep track of all those stats. And then the other thing that especially is helpful in the travel space, but is also helpful for anybody who wants to work with travel companies. Uh, which is one of the things we're seeing is that even though I say we're stronger in travel, a lot of times the travel people are looking for. I, I had somebody today who said, "I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for food bloggers. I'm looking for um, hospitality. I'm looking for mommy bloggers or parenting to choose your your appropriate term there." And she said, "Mommy bloggers." Just just in my own defense. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but. Um, and so quite often those brands are looking for other people. And we've got a feature, for instance, that lets you share with us your schedule. Mm. Um, so, for instance, last summer I booked a trip to go see my daughter who lives in Washington, D.C. And I you know, bought my airline ticket online, as I usually do. And then I just sent the email from that airline ticket to, uh, to TripIt, to an email, plans at TripIt.com. And I have a free TripIt account. And my BloggerBridge account is tied to my TripIt account. And so in the middle of the night, BloggerBridge logged in, talked to TripIt, said, hey, does Chris have any new trips? So yeah, he's going to Washington, D.C. So it then, before I woke up in the morning, reached out to a company that it saw in our database was looking for people going to D.C. Mm-hmm. And by the time I woke up, I had an email that said, hey, Chris, I see you're coming to D.C. I'd love to get you on a free trip of the Air and Space Museum with a guide in exchange for a blog post. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, we have other people who are offering, you know, in exchange for a couple blog posts, uh, a week's long apartment use in Prague. Um, or we've done some uh, some press trips as well. We did a press trip uh, most recently. The one that comes to mind is uh, Air Berlin. And I actually did this last year, which is why it comes to mind. Air Berlin was looking for bloggers to Fly from the U.S. They were fly, They were paying the cost of your flying, putting you up in hotels in Dusseldorf, Germany, in February, and you were on the float during the big one million point three uh, spectator mm. uh, carnival parade in Dusseldorf, uh-huh. and got a chance to see that city. and And so I did that last year and had a you know great time, a wonderful tourism board over there. So that's the kind of things we're we're doing and and looking for more of those, obviously, as well as we're trying to get more paid opportunities for podcasters, bloggers, whoever in there. Oh, that's great that you're doing that. Uh, yeah, it's know. growing slower yeah. than I'd like, but it's it's growing. Yeah, well, I mean, it, as you get the word out, more podcasters and more you know bloggers um, kind of join, and you match people up, and it just builds over time. I would imagine. Our, our podcast stats in the system right now are still self-reported just because we haven't got a, a standard way to do that yet. Uh, you know, I've had some discussions mm-hmm. with, uh, with Rob uh, over at Libsyn or with Todd over at uh, Raw Voice being the, you know, probably the two most important pe- people to talk to in terms of total number of podcasts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as mm-hmm. we go forward, uh, you know, that's something we're looking for is a standard way in the industry to get – uh, somebody's stats, but yes. we don't have it right now, so we're just doing self-reported for now. Oh, gotcha. 
Well, Chris, it was great to have you on the show to learn all about the, the stuff you've been working on for the last 10 years. And, you are uh, welcome. It's and, great to be on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and so, w- where are the key places that a listener can can go to get uh, get your show, get um, more information on you? I know you have a Twitter account. I, I do, but uh, I would start at amateurtraveler dot com. Both mm-hmm. the Amateur Traveler podcast as well as the This Week in Travel podcast um, are both posted to that site. So, and then there's a link from there to. Everywhere you can find me on social media. So. There you go. Just type in amateur traveler. Amateurtraveler.com, yeah. Or, and even if even if you spell amateur poorly, <laughs> Google knows how to spell it correctly. Or, or, or think it has two L's like the Brits do. But uh, And you can also find it now also on at at the the Adore Network website at, at Adore.fm as well. We have a link to it on and it's it's available on Spreaker as well. So I wanna th- and, and if you remind yep. me, after we're done, we should put a link to that on AmateurTraveler.com. I don't think there is one there yet. Yeah, it's so well, it's, it's new, right? We just launched <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. And so it's a, it's a new project of a speaker to try and group together kind of um, larger shows, ones that have been around a, you know, a long time, ones that have audiences. And, and so that's the, that's the goal of that. But uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. It was great to, to speak to you again. You know, it's been... Yeah, I've known you a long time, so and you're a long time podcaster, and you've been a real pioneer in this space. Um, you know, plowing ground and winning awards, and <laughs> that all helps grow grow the medium. You know, so I think it's it's great, and I want to thank you, the listener, who's been spending your time listening to this show, whether it's uh, live or um, um, in as a download in iTunes or um, off, off of Spreaker. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please. Send us comments and your thoughts. Send them to me, Rob, at Spreaker.com. Please give us a review in all the platforms that are out there, uh, Stitcher and Spreaker and all those places. Um, And I appreciate you joining us. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Spreaker Live Show.